the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, doubles in the end zone, touchdown. Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another edition of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Cody Felger. Alongside me, Derek Larger, as usual. And we have a special guest, actually some two special guests uh, from the Heavyweights podcast. Uh, we have Nick Klein and Dustin Urban. Guys, how you doing? Doing really good. Doing great, man. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that we could do this. I know it's kind of been a lot of <laughs> for us trying to get our schedules to align and everything else. So I'm glad we could do it. Uh, before we kind of dive into this podcast a little bit and kind of dive into what we wanted to talk about today, uh, Derek, I think you kind of wanted to talk about something that's kind of a little more urgent than what we're talking about, um, yeah. being the coronavirus and how that could potentially, you know, impact, you know, it's already impacted basketball and a lot of other different things, but you know, how that could potentially impact the NFL going forward. Take it away, Derek. Yeah. yeah it, it's kind of weird, uh, just sitting back, kind of knowing that, the NFL is really the only league right now in the world right now that's not really being directly affected by the coronavirus at this moment in time just because, you know, it's it's obviously been off season for a couple months and obviously that the season won't start until July, which most people assume that, you know, with the rate this is going, uh, with the way what the United States is trying to do now, uh, most people assume that, you know, the – outbreak will kind of slow down here in the next couple months which we're really hoping that's the case um obviously we saw some pro days obviously have been canceled teams are restricting uh travel for some of their scouts which obviously is unfortunate for guys that are trying to get more insight on some day two deep day three guys um and then there's rumors about you know the nfl draft what's going to happen there uh, are they going to actually just get rid of it altogether? Are they just going to do like a broadcast where, you know, the commissioner just does it one thing at a time, just not having the players there. I, I honestly have no idea at this point, but uh, Nick Dusting, uh, we'll start with you on this one. And then Cody, you can give your opinions on it afterwards. Um, what, what do you guys expect? Like the, what do you expect for the NFL to do going forward? Obviously uh, the draft and, uh, free agency NFL's already stated nothing's going to change for free agency uh, we just don't know about the draft and obviously it's still another half a year until the season actually starts uh, so do you think that this coronavirus has the potential to move things back or do you think that this might just blow over before we really get into major NFL uh, territory well the biggest thing with the coronavirus for all this is I don't think it's going to do much for free agency because you can do conference calls, yeah. do Skype, everything like that, and get all your contracts out of the way and stuff like that. But with the draft, it could really hurt. I mean, the coverage of it, 
like you said, it'll probably just end up being the commissioner. Each team will call in, call their pick in, and he'll say the name. But yeah, that's a big event for the league, and they make a lot of money off that, especially mm-hmm. with it being in Las Vegas this year. It was supposed to be a big spectacle. So I really think that could hurt them a lot. I don't think that the draft would be that much of a factor. We can go back to the days when Paul Tagliabue was – the commissioner. I mean, the draft, we watched it on TV, all of us growing up. It wasn't this big event that it's been for the last few years. My biggest concern is if this keeps going and we're getting into after the draft and we're going into May and we're still seeing the MLB shut down, the NBA shut down, what's this going to do for rookie minicamp and OTAs? Yeah. Are you going to have to push everything back? And then you have all these undrafted players that sign these, sign with their respective team and they go to the murky minicamp where they have the camp invites and then are you going to have to push that back and then just go on hoping to win and try to cram everything into training camp, which means you start off with instead of 90 players, you start off with 100, 105. That would be my biggest concern right now mm-hmm. with this. But I'm still hoping that within a month, everything's back to normal. We're still playing and it won't even affect the NFL at all. Like you've already seen it with every other major sport right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, what about yeah, you? I- I, I mean, I you brought up a good point there, Nick. Like, I guess I didn't think about, man, if it lingers, you know, if this is a thing that goes into OTAs, minicamp, heck, right. if it goes into training camp. Like, that's obviously huge for not just rookies, but also for, you know, guys in free agency. They want to learn a, an entire new offense or an entire yeah. new defense. It's huge. It's it's crazy to think about that. And I mean, hopefully this thing just rolled over. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it would be almost similar to when we had the lockout in 2011. You saw a lot of guys right. not going in, but this would be almost different in the fact of everybody's going to still try to work out on their own, but you have all these new faces in your team and you're trying to get organized. It's just, to me, they would have to compensate for this and then just bring stuff back in later. Or like I said, opening up the training camp size to get more guys in to get more looks because I don't, I don't expect this to keep going into July or August, but it has right. a material to go into the end of April and May. And that's when it's really going to affect the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I like I said before, uh, Zach Hicks, uh, who, who's obviously a Colts fan, a lot of us recognize yeah. him on Twitter. He said uh, multiple times over the last over this week, saying how you know with what the coronavirus is now doing with all these uh, travel bans and everything that's going on with travel, uh, a lot of these guys who are you know having their pro days scheduled here in the next week or two, you know these guys who aren't the Jalen Hurts or the CD Lambs or, you know, the big names like Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa, the guys that we know are going to be first round, possibly second round guys. We're talking about guys who are, you know, going to be late round guys that rely on these pro days to kind of remind people like they got things that they can do. Now they can't show that in front of scouts and now that could hurt their futures in the long run. You can see some of these guys not get drafted the way that they normally would. I mean, it's I, I said it on Twitter earlier that I said that the the outbreak of this is not going to be the physical damage that it does. It's everything else on top of that that's going on with the markets and people's jobs and money that's going that's not being dispersed around right now. That's going to be a bigger issue in few months than what the infection rate is honestly in my opinion but like yeah it is getting to be a little uh it is going to be a little concerning for some of those guys that are relying on these pro days and other scouting events to for their futures and they're not going to be able to do it because of this exact reason so yeah i mean Uh, so we got that one uh cody uh did you want to move into free agency then 
Yeah, before I did that, actually, um, I just thought, you know, most of our listeners, they, you know, they maybe they listen to your podcast, maybe not. But I'm kind of curious for you guys. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. You know, how did you guys get started in the whole podcasting sports talk world? Uh, how long have you been doing it? How did you guys meet? All that stuff. We want to hear a little bit about you guys. Yeah, so me and Dustin grew up together. Um, I was a few years ahead of him. We went to high school together. I went to Indiana University. Um, sports broadcasting was my major. And so I covered for a website called Cover 32 for a while. I was the draft analyst and the mm-hmm. AFC South analyst. So I wrote for that for a while. I kind of got away from it after I graduated. And a couple months ago, uh, I came back to my hometown and Urban hit me up. And kind of was like, well, would you be interested in starting a podcast? I was like, well, that's easier than writing right now because I was doing that so much. I just wanted to give myself a break. So we sure. just sat around one night and just started hashing out the details. And I mean, it's still a work in progress with everything, but we kind of just started up on a whim. And I think we're on episode eight. We just recorded two nights ago. Um, we're out on every almost major platform you can listen to your podcast on. So that's my story. Um, Urban can talk a little bit about his background. but Yeah, I'm just... I just used to play football in high school and love love the game every every level of it really and follow it like it's a religion almost. But I've never been a part of like sports writing or none of that. I just me and Nick are have been friends for years and we just wanted to make this start talking about sports and help him get back into the writing aspect of it maybe down the line. But just give him that launching pad possibly just just to get started talking about the game again. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious, why did you guys settle on uh, the name Heavyweights Podcast? Where does that come from? I came up with it driving one day, uh, actually, <laughs> but we're both pretty big human beings. Yeah, we both played so, off. We both played offensive line. <laughs> yeah. And it just it came to my head when I was he was saying he wanted to start covering sports. And I was like, hey, man, let's make a podcast. I was like, what do you think about the heavyweights? Yeah. He said, I like that. And then it just went from there. Yeah, because our intro yeah. talk about I'm I'm six six, about two hundred and ninety pounds. Urban's a little shorter at like six three, six two. So it just it kind of fit and clicked right there. Jeez, do I hey. feel tiny. <laughs> <laughs> giant humans. Wow. Yeah, I'm only yeah, six one. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, it definitely is though, you know, what kind of what you were saying, it definitely is a process and a learning process at that. I mean I was talking, you know, Derek and I have talked before and just like, man, the progress that we have made is in terms of, you know, content and also just like sound quality and just things you don't really think about. It's crazy, but you just got to kind of learn a lot of that stuff on the fly. You know, you don't really, um, you know, from, from coming from me and I don't, I don't think you did a Derek, Derek either. We didn't come from, you know, a background and didn't get a degree in that. And so a lot of it is like, if you go back to like my first episode, yeah. I tell people, please don't, because it's really right. not good <laughs> at anything. Uh, but yeah, it's a continuous process, continuous grind. And, you know, as you continue to do it, man, it, it's, it, it definitely, it gets, I, I feel it gets easier as you get more natural and you kind of, you know, build off of each other's chemistry and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I can tell you, Derek, from our first podcast, and now I think it's uh, definitely yeah. a lot more fluid than it was And, back and then. our subscribers are saying the exact same thing, too. <laughs> They're saying contests <laughs> got much better. Yeah. So, yeah. If you ask Dustin, our episodes are good, but I, from the first one to even now, I still tell him it sounds like garbage because, I mean, I've showed him yours. That's how we found you guys on Twitter. 
And it's just like the level to get even there is like, we've got a long way to go. And I just, I think I'm too much of a critic on my own self, which I'm assuming you guys are the same way. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's always good to be right? critic of yourself. It's always the most important thing to be your biggest critic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it forces you to continue to improve and continue to want to bring out unique content, which I think is really important and huge. And, uh, and something, yeah, we've wanted to do is kind of reach out to fellow podcasters and really, you know, build connections and do, you know, joint podcasts like we're doing right now and really just connect each other. Um, it's, you know, I feel like a lot of people kind of down talk social media, but man, it has been such wonders. I mean, it's how we found you guys. Obviously, Derek, that's how we, you and I connected. It's just, right. it's, a, it's, Twitter is just a, an amazing tool um, if you use it right and you use it for the, for the, for the right things. And so, you guys on here really uh for that and so um yeah so i thought you know we could in this podcast uh we could move on now to free agency and kind of talk about that Um, free agency starting this next wednesday uh and legal tampering i believe we said it starts on monday so really it's like free agency starts on monday uh you know you can talk to players and teams can communicate then and so next was going to be absolutely wild. And so, yeah, uh, we thought that we could kind of talk with you guys a little bit and kind of get your thoughts um, a little bit about some of the Colts potential needs. Um, we, Derek and I have already talked about this a lot on our podcast. We want to kind of get your guys' takes on it. And I don't know if you saw, but uh, we in our last podcast, we had talked about our top five positions of need for the Colts yeah. going into 2020 here. Uh, we made we we made lists on and posted it on social media, and then we kind of defended our top five. Uh, I don't want to have to force you guys to do that on the spot, but I'm curious your top three uh, positions of need that you yeah. have for the Colts right now. So uh, Derek and I kind of kind of went one and two. We kind of were similar there, but I'm curious what your guys's would be. See, mine would be a little different. Um, just position needs. I think one, you still have to go start with quarterback, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jacoby's the answer by any means. He's serviceable, but to serviceable at what degree? Like, are you okay with being six to nine wins a year? Right. You need to take that next step. I don't know if drafting a quarterback at 13 is the right spot for that. And then number two, it'd almost be a tie for second for me because it'd either be an interior edge rusher, you know, a nice three technique D tackle right there or a wide receiver. That's would be my top three. I would almost tie both of those right together, Mm -hmm. but above all it's quarterback getting that right. See, I'm, I'm the other way. I, I think you can roll with Jacoby because I've, I've told him a few times there are far worse quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl. So, but edge rusher to me is our main concern. Then you look in the interior, defensive tackle, nose guard. My man. Three, three <laughs> My man. Wide receiver as well. I mean, we need a second guy for T.Y. Hilton. Some somebody because they're going to double team yeah. T.Y. no matter what. Yeah, yeah. But, we well because Cody and I mentioned this the other day. He he and I both agreed at uh, number three was wide receiver. Right. We mm-hmm. both agreed yeah. that that's a top three need. But I, I don't. We both didn't think it's a super pressing issue. We just need our guys to actually get healthy. Then agreed. they can keep yeah. producing. But um, yeah, he went quarterback number one, and then defensive tackle number two. That's okay. what the majority of Colts Twitter and Facebook and Colts media in general believe. Yeah. Uh, or you could switch the wide receiver defensive tackle. There's a lot of people that view that. I said I wanted defensive tackle first rather than a quarterback because I felt that there were multiple different options on the table for the Colts 
through the draft and through this offseason that they could do to improve at that position. I didn't think with the defensive ends wanting the money they're wanting right now in free agency and some of the guys who are getting franchise tagged now, I don't see us getting a big three-tech guy in free agency at the moment. And when you see guys like Javon Kinlaw and Derek Brown in this draft that are mammoths on the inside and seeing what they do, Kinlaw to me is the perfect Chris Ballard guy Thank to pick you. in this draft. And that's why I just think that would be so awesome for me at 13 to see us go with him because of just the way he plays. So that's why I was saying defensive tackle first. No, I, I agree with defensive tackle. I think our first mock drafts we did a few weeks ago, I had Ken Law going to the Colts. I had Derek I, Brown, but he I is a double-team shredding machine, and I think he is the perfect fit up front of what Ballard preaches, building in the trenches. And if they don't go that route, I mean, you've got guys in the top of the second round that are going to be there, like Ross Blockman from TCU, who I really loved on film. But I still think yeah. D-tackle, because I don't know what's going to be there at 13. You can figure out in free agency the quarterbacks you need, but – you could get a solid defensive tag. I mean, Brown's probably going to be gone, but you've got Kinlaw there, and I would love that pick. I would probably be happier than most people with that pick at 13. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the belief that I just look at the Super Bowl. I mean, let's be real. I don't think the Chiefs, you know, besides Patrick Mahomes and maybe a few of their skill players, I mean, they're not – I mean, Patrick Mahomes was really the main reason, obviously, why they won that Super Bowl. And I just kind of look at, you know, you win you, – you kind of – I guess, live and die by how good or bad your quarterback play is. I mean, the 49ers, they're fantastic all over, but I kind of always go back to, this is kind of why I keep going back to the quarterback. You live and die by how good or bad your quarterback is. Um, You know, if you have a quarterback that can be okay, and, you know, if you have a great team around him, then you can do what the 49ers did. But I don't know. I'm just kind of of the belief that you live and die with the quarterback. And I, and also, you know, with that caveat of, I think you definitely attack, you know, get, go after Ross Blacklock, who I love from TCU in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a guy that I would get. And then you can cross off two things and you get, you know, a very talented quarterback and then, and also a very talented defensive tackle. But you know, I, I, I definitely agree that I think it's a major, major need. Three technique is, you know, obviously I put it at number two. So I think it's, one of the most important things, definitely the most important defensive piece to get. Um, but that's just kind of my defense of why I said it. I mean, but I would totally be okay if the Colts went and took Javon Kinlaw at 13 because that guy's a game wrecker, man. He's yeah. insane. So, Well, my thing is with the quarterback situation, I don't feel like they can get a whole lot better with the guys that are in free agency. Maybe you take a flyer on Tom Brady and have him for mm-hmm. one year. That's not going to happen. But – He's not coming to Indy. And then I don't like Phillip Rivers, personally. He turns the ball over way too much for my liking. You got Teddy Bridgewater. I think him, he's a little bit better than Jacoby Brissett, but he's not blowing the top off of anybody. He's not out there throwing 40 touchdowns a year. He's right. He's not a big game changer. So yeah. my thing is, do you go get – Jameis Winston, but he he throws more picks than anybody I've ever seen. So <laughs> yeah, there there were people wondering about his eyesight. Like obviously he had that right. surgery over the off season. They're wondering how that's gonna uh, affect his uh, you know, his being able to see receivers. I mean, honestly, he's had that issue throughout all of college too, right. having the squinting of the eyes. 
I mean, it, it could quite possibly help him read defenses a lot better. And, you know, I Bruce Arian's system, it is complex and it's a very gunslinging kind of offense, uh, kind of what, you know, Frank Reich wants to do. Uh, I kind of agree that like, you know, for the money that he's probably going to ask for and on top of, you know, he's only, he's going from a former Colts OC head coaching uh, role to another head coach at the Indianapolis Colts. I just don't think that it's much is going to change in that regard. Right. And I always kind of wonder what Jameis Winston does. If he, well, you know, when he had the bad eyesight, is he just kind of like, oh, that kind of looks like a red jersey. I'm just going to chuck it up <laughs> and see what happens. I mean, that might honestly be what happened. Because he yeah, and I think Bruce made that worse. I mean, we 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 know his time here in Indy, both stints, and then in Pittsburgh, he's you know, you're going to do a three to five step drop, and if you think that player is going to be open, you just let it ride, uh-huh. and that just maximized the worst aspect of Winston's game this past year because you you always see moments where holy crap this guy can be elite you know he can he can put it in tight windows and then he turns around and throws three picks in the next three drives so (laughs) it's just it was unreal Mm -hmm. it definitely is crazy to think that you could throw 30 interceptions in one (laughs) I I I don't know how he did it but I don't know um, okay so I thought that we could you know kind of look at now kind of your you know, some of your players who are on your free agency wish list. Um, Derek and I have kind of talked about on our podcast some of the players. Obviously, some players have gotten resigned. I think Chris Jones is one of the guys that we had early on. Right. Like, if this guy hits the open market, the Colts better go after him. But obviously, you know, Kansas City bringing him back, he's off the market now. Um, who are your guys? You know, if you had to choose one guy that you'd want the Colts to sign in free agency, who would that be? Who's your on your dream wish list for the Colts here in free agency? I I would go with Eric Armstead. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, yes. him. I if I if I'm just going defensive tackle there, which I think is their biggest need besides that rusher, he he would fit the team very well. You can move him around. He he showed he can move around, kind of like a Justin Tuckish kind of guy. But he he's he's a game changer when he's with other. I don't see the the biggest thing I have with him is when he's not with all those number one overall draft picks, does he fall back to the pack and become like a regular defensive tackle or does he rise up and demand a double team? And I don't know. Do you see him at like the three technique potentially fitting right in there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he can move around. So yeah, almost yeah. like you know, to a small, to a better degree, uh, kind of a Taekwon Lewis type player. You know, he can play end, he can play tackle, he can play whatever you need. Uh, but at this point in his career, he's obviously better than Taekwon Lewis. So right. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, the only thing that scares me with Armstead though is he was solid his first few years, and then last year he had a better year where the sack numbers went up and he produced more because that defensive line in San Francisco is unreal. Um, but. I like it. Just the money would worry me a little bit just because you're basically paying off of one huge year and he's still at least an average player. But if I had to pick just one player, I don't want to pay top money to like Jadavion Clowney or mm-hmm. Ngakwe. They're going to command way too much. I'd look at someone like Matthew Judon out of Baltimore, who mm-hmm. Baltimore's not going to resign him. He can come in, he can play a couple different spots, he can stand up and down the line. He's going to get you that pass rush. We have Justin Houston, but I mean, you don't know how much more you're going to get out of maybe another year, another two years. 
I know we've invested so much in this D line, but if I picked one person that I could sign for a decent contract for three to four years, it'd be Judon. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I, I guess I didn't re- I didn't hear that news that Baltimore was going to resign him. He's definitely a guy that I would love. Um, Derek, do you have a guy that you right now, as it stands, um, that you would want the Colts to potentially pursue? I don't know if we've talked about our updated kind of wish yeah. list here. I don't know if we actually updated it, but um, yeah, I mean, when Chris Jones' name first hit that market, I mean, I was I was like, please, please, <laughs> please, because I mean. In the Super Bowl, I don't think people quite realize that man had three deflected passes up in front in that Super Bowl. I mean, we want to, we never really talked much about, you know, the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs over the last few years, but Chris Jones definitely has shown up and he's been one of the marquee defensive tackles. It's unfortunate that they're going to franchise tag him and keep him around. But um, I think right now, just with the names that I'm seeing, um, if the price is not as big as some people are saying it is, uh, I would like to go with Byron Jones uh, from mm. the Dallas Cowboys. I think that when you look at Byron, he's just the exact same thing as a Malik Hooker, a guy's who a guy whose stats really don't pop off at you. It's just with the way they play, their stats are deflated just simply because people don't throw in their direction. They don't throw in their direction because they know that these guys can make a play on the ball from anywhere on the field. And that's just mm-hmm. the kind of guy that, you know, it, it could be that uh, other safety position. Cause we just don't know with the future of Kahari Willis, obviously Kahari Willis, we want to keep around and he did play pretty well given the fact that he was a rookie. Uh, you know, we obviously want to keep him around and try to keep going with that. Um, but obviously with the secondary, we want to continue to try and and build that up as well. And I just think Byron Jones would be a great compliment to that back, uh, to that back end, just as long as the price is there. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure how the price will be there, but I love that. I know that I saw something on Twitter the other day that uh, Ballard Ballard's tendencies, draft tendencies with corners. He wants at least, I think 33 inches on the arm length, which yeah. Fits. And the only corner I think that measured out this year was Christian Fulton and Akuda. So you're not yeah. Akuda. We know that Fulton's too early to take at 13. He might sneak in late round one. Yeah. The, the price is there. Byron Jones is one of the least targeted corners in the league. And that would just mm-hmm. lock down another spot. I love that as long as he's not commanding 13 or 14 million a year. Yep. Right, and that's the key. <laughs> How much yeah. is he going to demand? It yeah, sounds like he's going to want that kind of money. But. Because the media is already saying that. I don't even yeah. know if like he's actually worth that, but there's media now saying, oh, you know, $18, 19000000 million a year is what's coming <laughs> for the direction of Byron Jones. I've not, I've not heard him say anything. Y'all are just putting numbers in, the, in this kid's mouth. And now he's going to demand that because the media is saying that's exactly what he he's deserved. It's the same thing with Dak Prescott. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think another guy that I'm going to kind of talk about if he does hit the open market, uh, another Dallas Cowboy, I would love Amari Cooper. Um, he's a guy that, you know, when you look at this free agent wide receiver class, it is, it doesn't pop off at all. But there's really no other names except for Amari Cooper that I'd be really interested in the Colts bringing in. Uh, but I look at it, look at it because, you know, if I look at the Colts' offense, I would say right now, you could argue tight end potentially. But I would say 
arguably the biggest position of need on that offense outside of quarterback would probably be wide receiver. Yeah. And I think that if you can get a guy like Cooper, you know, you can't as much as you want to, you can't fix, you you can't address all the holes and fix all the holes in the draft in the first couple rounds. You know, either you got to go quarterback, defensive tackle, which you talked about. You also got to get a tight end potentially. And Derek, I know you've wanted to write guard. So maybe you address it at some point there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but it, you know, my kind of thoughts are if you get a guy like Cooper and then you go and draft a guy, it, it allows you to fill some other needs. And also, you know, if you want to draft a receiver, drafting him a little bit later on in the draft instead of, you know, spending another second round pick on a wide receiver in consecutive drafts. And so um, he's a guy that I would definitely be interested in if Dallas, you know, just can't afford all these guys, if they bring back. You know, they, they signed Dak Prescott and, you know, maybe they bring back Byron Jones. I don't know how much money they have, but they're going to be cap strapped pretty much. Um, so I don't feel like they can bring back all these guys. And so if they, yeah. for some reason, allow Mari Cooper to walk, man, I'm all for it. I think that he is just a tremendous well, player. Um, I would just be excited and, if, if he hit. And the here's the thing before I let you guys go. So with Amari Cooper, did anyone else see the video on uh, on Twitter from 106.7, the fan on NBC Sports, some guy was, they were talking about, they were talking about Trent Williams, what the Redskins should do to move him. And uh, one of the guys mentioned what the Redskins should do is bring Amari Cooper into the mix to, you know, help whatever quarterback they decide to go with uh, for future reference. And there's one guy that was like, you know, trying to discredit Amari Cooper saying like, isn't he old? It's like, no, that he's 26. Oh, well, isn't he slow? No, he ran a 442 at the at the combine when he came in. It's like this man was like striking out on Amari Cooper. He's like just checking every box for him already on like he's fast, he's young, he's good at he's good at playing the position. Uh yeah, Amari Cooper is a great player. I would definitely be ecstatic to have him, especially since, like you said, Cody, he's young. And you could afford to give him that kind of contract if you decided mm-hmm. that you wanted to go through with it because he's a low risk kind of guy when it comes to that. Yeah, I'd echo the, all that as well. Him as a number two to T.Y. Hilton, that would be one of the most dangerous one and two wide receiver combinations in the NFL. I mean, it'd be right up there with Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin from Tampa Bay for me. Mm-hmm. My question is, yeah. get both of you, Derek and Cody, how much would you be willing to pay him, though? Because he's going to, I think, I don't know if it's been reported, but I thought I've seen some stuff about how he wants to be a top five, top five paid wideout in the league. Hmm. No. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, I feel like that's the case. Probably not. That's what's turned me completely off. I thought that's what I saw that he was reporting last season when they were trying to talk with him and Dak. Because I think Byron Jones is going to be the guy left out. They're going to bring back Cooper and Dak. I think they're going to overpay yeah. both of them. But I mean, to me, I'm going to pay him as a number two, a fringe number one, but I'm not trying to c- commit 60 to $70 million to him. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, me personally, if I'm the Colts right now, I'd obviously pay him as my number one because, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, yeah. he's 31, 32 years old. T.Y. is on the back end of his career. Even though T.Y. is still productive, T.Y. is still dealing with injuries every year. He's only got a couple more years until he does start slipping because, you know, once that speed starts to deteriorate, then, you know, T.Y. being a small receiver doesn't right. necessarily help him. 
and Amari being young and just checking every box. I'd be fine with saying, you know, hey, Amari, we want to give you a a, a four-year deal and I'm willing to give him, you know, uh, I'm going to say, I, I know that Michael Thomas right now is getting a five-year, 100 million. Um, I would say, you know, around around the four years, uh, 75 to 80 million, I'm down to give him that because, you know, he is a, a pretty much a top 10 wide receiver. You put him in a good system, a good offensive system that can use him better uh, and just get the quarterback there. I think he's a great uh, wide out and I think he's a potential top 10 wide receiver. But in regards to like top end money, Nah, I'm not. I'm not giving it, giving that up for him because I just don't think his his talent doesn't match his production. I, I'm get willing to give top five money to superior talent. His production matches that, but he doesn't make that system better. He is he just you know is the wide receiver that's there. That's the true number one, and it just he just fits into the system though. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him being here. The only thing that would have concerned me if you would ask me last year the year before was his drop rate. I know that mm-hmm. last year when he got to uh, when he left Oakland, it was at almost I think almost ten percent um, of his his passes targeted towards him. He was dropping. I know this year though it was his lowest year I believe since his rookie year. So he's improved in that aspect. It's just I'm not going to be blown away by like oh we have Amari Cooper. That's our only option. I know T Y Hilton gets hurt, but I wouldn't mind it. It's just like for me, it's the money aspect. How much is he going to want? But I think you can if you have him next year, you can get a, a receiver in the third or fourth round. And you compare that up, T.Y. is getting older, like we said, and he gets, he's been hurt and banged up. But that's still a good problem to have because if T.Y. doesn't pan out this year, Cooper is your number one option. still a great option to have. Yeah, regardless of what the Colts do, I think it's fairly obvious, whether it be Paris Campbell, whether it be another guy on the roster, the, the Colts need to find a number two receiver. Like I yeah. think that's, that's clear and obvious. They need to find a guy to compliment T.Y. Hilton. They have not done that since – T.Y. Hilton was drafted. He has not really had a number two receiver to take the pressure off of him. So uh, doing that would do absolute wonders, I think, for this Colts offense if they had a consistent number two wide receiver. And if Cooper, you know, if the price is right, man, I'm totally down for it. But you know, like you said, Derek, man, if he's asking for top five wide receiver money, no thank you. Yeah, no. <laughs> but so kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about tonight, um, obviously the Colts right now, as it stands, are sitting there at 13 overall. Uh, and I'm curious, who are some guys that potentially pique your interest? We kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, but who are some guys that potentially pique your interest there at number 13 that you could that you would like to see the Colts target and potentially draft? There's a lot of names out there, so kind of curious some of some of the guys that would pique your guys' interest. All right, for me, I mean, I think Javon Kinlaw would be my biggest one I like sitting there dropping down. I'm not sold. I like Jordan Love. I'm not sold on Herbert, but I just think taking either one of those at 13 is too much of a risk for me. Um, you've got needs. Kim Law's there. If Derek Brown drops, I'm all over that too. But I still think we need some um, help in the secondary too. And I know that I didn't say that as my number three need, but CJ Henderson, the way he performed at the combine, I went back and watched his tape. He's a physical lockdown corner that I think makes plays i know he only had i think one interception last year but his passes batted down were at 11 or 12 for florida those would be my two biggest ones would be ken law and cj henderson obviously you're gonna have a reach for all these offensive linemen going quick so it's gonna allow some other players to drop 
I mean, I wish Isaiah Simmons could drop too, just because we know Ballard takes mm-hmm. based off of his big board, even if that's not a position of need. So I tend to not look at like just needs for us either, but where Ballard would be on his big board. And I think for me, it's going to be Ken Law right there. And then Henderson might still be an option, which I know might surprise both of you, but I like the Henderson mm-hmm. pick too. I like Ken Law as well, but I'm I'm really interested to see how the top three wide receivers play out in the draft, like mm-hmm. Lamb, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. Where yeah. do they fall? And where does that leave the Colts when they go? So if there's a Jerry Judy on the board or there's a C.D. Lamb on the board, I it'd be hard for me not to take either one of them, really. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting one. Now, if they go out and sign on Amari Cooper, obviously they're going in a different direction. But mm-hmm. see, if it, that doesn't work out, you if one of those top three, even Henry Ruggs, got somebody that can take the top off of any defense in this league, you get one of those guys to go along with T.Y. Hilton, and the offense will open up tremendously, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, so you said all your stuff is on, you know, all the all the major things, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all that stuff. People can find you on there. Um, again, yes, that's the, the Heavyweights Podcast. So if you just search it in there, you can find them. You can also find them on Twitter as well. Um, so be sure to check them out there at Heavyweights Pod on Twitter as well. Well, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on, talking Colts, talking free agency, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Thanks. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you.